Welcome to the Near Church Podcast. This week's message starts now. Joshua chapter 3 verse 1. New Living Translation, five verses. The Bible says this. Early the next morning, Joshua and all the Israel, Israelites left the grove and arrived at the banks of the Jordan River where they camped before crossing. And three days later, the Israelite officers went through the camp giving these instructions to the people. When you see, somebody say, when you see, when you see. the Levitical priest carrying the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God, I want you to move out. Somebody say, move out from your positions and follow them. And since you've never traveled this way before, they're going to guide you. Stay about half a mile behind. Keep your distance. Keeping a clear distance between you and the ark. And make sure you don't come any closer. Verse 5, this is where I really want to go today. Then Joshua told the people, purify yourselves for tomorrow. Somebody say tomorrow. Somebody shout tomorrow. The Lord will do great wonders among you. I want to preach to you this morning on this thought. Are you ready? From wander to wonder. From wander to wonder. W-A-N-D-E-R to W-O-N-D-E-R. Let's pray this morning. Father, thank you so much for the presence that we already feel in the room today. God, we pray that your word would go deep in our hearts and our spirits, that we would receive, that we would be open to everything you want for us. We thank you for your presence. In Jesus' name we pray and everybody says amen. On your way down, I want you to tell your neighbor, it's time to stop wandering around. Come on. It's time to stop wandering around. I'm glad you came to church today. Glad you woke up. Set your alarm. How many of you have to have multiple alarms on Sunday morning? Me too, y'all. Me too. Me too. How many of you are snoozers? How many times do you hit snooze? Let, let me see your hands. Once, twice, three times, four times, five times, six times. Anybody seven? Praise God. We've been delivered in Jesus' name. <laughs> the number of completion. You woke up, you set your alarm, and you came to church today. You were intentional. You picked out your outfit. You were intentional, right? Some people have to get a text to come to church. Some people have to be reminded to, you know, what, what's something you set a reminder about? I know for us, it's setting the air filter in our AC units. Anybody else have to do that? Yes. All right. Thank you. One of you. <laughs> Got to set a reminder. Because it's really easy for those things to just get lost in life. Yeah. You know, you have to get really intentional with the way you do things, including your relationship with God. Yeah. Yeah. It's so funny how we have calendars, we have spreadsheets, we have to-do lists for everything. We're so intentional about our lives, except when it comes to growing closer to the Lord, yeah. his presence, and ultimately his church and his kingdom. Yeah. And if we're not careful, we will walk into a season 
that we were meant to reap an incredible harvest and miss out on it simply because we lacked intentionality. We met with our staff a few weeks ago and I told them that the Lord had been dealing with me about health and, and eating better and working out, which we've been doing that and, and spiritual health, mental health, all the things. And so we have a, a, a phrase for our staff this year, a word, you know, the word, the phrase for near church is the year of the open door, right? Yeah. But we always pick something for our staff and the word for our staff this year is fit. This year we're going to be fit. We're going to be full of faith. We're going to be full of intentionality and we're going to be tenacious. Mm, fit. Faith, intentionality, tenacious. That can be your word for this year too if you want it to be fit. Somebody say fit. fit. Oh, come on. We can do better than that. Say fit. fit. There we go. But it, re it requires intentionality. It requires deciding that I'm going to do what I'm called to do. I'm not going to sleep in. I'm not going to hit snooze seven times, right? I'm going to grow in the area that God has called me to grow. For every single one of us in the room this morning, everyone watching online and who's going to listen later, God has called us into a new season. He has called us to, and it's not just about the year, right? Like we're now in February. How many of you have already just left your goals high and dry back in January 1st? You don't have to raise your hand. Some of you did already. Great. <laughs> Thanks for your honesty. But it's not just about the year. It's about a spiritual thing. It's about a season that God has ordained over my life. But if I'm not careful, I'll miss it. And I'll miss out on the shift that God wants to do in my life. Because for every single one of us in this room this morning, God wants you to pass over into the thing he's called you into. And in our text this morning, we see the children of Israel are now under new leadership, Joshua. They've been led by Moses for 40 years in the wilderness, but now... The Lord says, it's finally time for you to pass over, to cross over into the promise that I made Abraham, yeah. the promise that I made Isaac, and the promise I made to Jacob. Right. A generational promise I'm going to do right now. Yeah, and you're going to have to pass over in order to transition into this thing that I have for you. Transition is such a funny thing. Standing in the tension of what's, remember I talked about this last week, what I'm in now and what's next. Yeah. What I'm in now and what's next, that's transition. And so now they're transitioning from Moses to Joshua, from wilderness to land flowing with milk and honey. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Come on now. It's this transition. Where they're called to go from wandering, just wandering aimlessly in the wilderness. Because sometimes, y'all, if we're not careful, we'll get stuck in a season that was only meant to be for a moment. Yeah. Yeah. Preach Pastor Andrew. Yeah, that's good. You'll get in a wilderness season that you're only meant to be in for a month, and you end up building a house there. Yeah. 
I know people that are still bitter over stuff that happened 10, 20, 30 years ago. And it wasn't meant for them to stay there. It was meant to make them more like Jesus. Come on, somebody. And instead of moving on and forgiving, they're still stuck. It's not just bad things either. It's good things. We get so stuck in what God did 30 years ago and the way he did it. Come on, somebody. We get so stuck in the way God did something in Bowling Green 30 years ago. And we still try to do it the same way today. There must be a transition in the kingdom into the newness and the season that God has ordained for right now. That's why he prophesied through Isaiah and said, behold, look, see it with your eyes. I'm doing a new thing. You cannot stay in the wilderness anymore. I'm transitioning you into a new thing. And so God is about to take them and they're going to pass over all the stuff that has been holding them back. For years and years and years. But before they pass over, before you pass over, I want to look at the text this morning. Go back to verse 1, if you will, Phil. This is right before they pass over. The Bible says that they're in this grove, this place. And if if you read the Hebrew word, For this place that they're in, it's the word Shidem. Somebody say Shidem. Say Shidem. Shidem. It means the place of life. The only way you and I can truly transition into a new season and go from wandering to wonders is to be in a place of life. Because how many of us have tried to cross over and pass over stuff in our own ability, our own strength, and end up falling right back in the same old junk every single time? Because it wasn't done from a place of life. Now, if you know your Bible in Numbers 25, you can go back and read it this week, and they're not going to put it up there, but go back and read it and you'll understand. This is the same place that the council of Balaam set a trap for Israel in Numbers 25. The enemy's always setting traps. That's why in Psalm 31 and 4, the Bible says, pull me from the trap that my enemies set for me, for I find protection in you alone. Psalm 25 and 15 says, my eyes are always on the Lord, for he rescues me from the traps of my enemies. David said, I always, somebody say always, Always. I always keep my focus on the presence of God. You want to know how to escape a trap that the enemy has set? Always run to the presence of God. Be led from a place of shidom, a place of life, a place overflowing with the goodness of God, a place of rest. Come on, you can't truly cross over and pass over a place until you have found rest. I must find rest for my soul. It's a place of life. And we have to understand that the enemy understands that we're coming from a place of rest. 
And so I'm going to set some traps in order for them to not be able to go into everything God has for them. Now, we live in this place, and Pastor Faith's probably going to hate that I'm telling this, but that's all right. She's in kids ministry today, so it's all good. And we live in this place with a lot of cows near us, which means a lot of mice. And so when we moved in this place, there was mice in the garage. It's just part of the thing, part of where you live, part of being in the country, y'all. And so I decided that I'm going to set traps. I set like six traps out. And surely, one by one, catching these mice. I set the trap with cheese and peanut butter. What a combo, y'all. I don't like that, but they do. Because a skilled person that traps something knows that I'm going to use bait to trap the thing. I don't put bait on there that I like together. Maybe you like cheese and peanut butter together. Okay, yeah, some of you do. Okay, that's not my thing, but it is the mouse's thing. They love it. And because of it, they end up dead in the trap. A good trapper knows how to use the correct bait. Come on, somebody. And so if we think for five seconds that in our being naive, that the devil doesn't know what works for us. Come on, somebody. I remember hearing somebody years ago say, well, if the devil offered me a million dollars, I'd probably sell my soul to him. He don't have to offer us a million dollars. There's all kinds of free content on this thing that you can sell your soul to. Come on, somebody. It it, it doesn't even have to be bad stuff either. I could just sell myself out to fear and doubt. I could sell myself out to gossip. I could sell myself out to device of this because the enemy is always setting traps always it's not an accident that it happened the way it did baby it was a trap come on now it was a trap it was bait meant to take me out it was meant to take me out and so this place is a place where they had fallen before but what's interesting is Shinem was not just a place, it was also a kind of wood. That's why it's called a grove. Shinem was the type of wood that was used for the building of the Ark of the Covenant and the furniture of the tabernacle. So what's the word? God is about to use in my life the place that the devil meant for evil and he's going to use it for the glory and the manifestation. God's about to turn some things in my life around where I was meant to fall and I was meant to fail and instead God says I'm going to use it to host the holy. I'm going to use it for my presence. I'm going to use it for your good. Somebody preach with the pastor this morning. I'm going to take the thing that was meant to take you out and I'm going to use it to take you up in Jesus name give him some praise right there if you believe it God's about to turn some things around for my good now here's what's interesting 
The people that are walking in this place are not the same generation of Numbers chapter 25. It was their parents. So just because a previous generation fell at a place, doesn't mean I have to. Can I give you a revelation this morning? When you are in Christ, every generational curse over your life is broken. Come on. I hate that junk theology that says that we are believers in Christ and still have to deal with the same old sin nature. Baby, I'm new. I'm not the same. I've been born again, which means I received new DNA. I received new generational blessings. I'm not under the curse anymore. And just because a previous generation fell to the place doesn't mean I have to. That should free some of us this morning. That you don't have to repeat the same patterns Because you know what's in my generations? Not my parents, but before them, drunks, cheaters, liars, adulterers. I don't have to do that stuff. It was broken in the name of Jesus. It was broken in the name of Jesus. So everything that the enemy has tried to say over you because of what they did, you'll be just like your mom. The devil is a liar. You'll be just like your deadbeat dad. The devil is a liar. I don't have to repeat anything. I don't have to repeat anything. And isn't it funny how that's how the devil works? The devil can't create anything new. He doesn't have creative power. He works in reruns. If I can get him to do the same old... Because I grew up watching Andy Griffith reruns. Yeah. My first TV was a little black and white TV that we bought at a yard sale. It was great. Living the dream. I wish I had it right now. Teach my kids a thing or two. Come on, somebody. Learn how we were raised. But it was reruns. It was something that had been done before. It was old when I got there. And that's how the devil works, too. He can only work in reruns and imaginations. He's either going to try to convince you to do what's already been done or he's going to lie to you through imagination. Come on, now. Come on, somebody. We don't have time to go into that today. But just because it killed the last generation, just because it kept the previous generation out of the promise doesn't mean it has to keep me out, which means there are some promises that were promised to previous generations and they couldn't attain it because they failed to obey God. But I'm going to reap the blessing in the harvest because I gave God my yes. Man, I'm fired up today and I feel like preaching. And I'm going to cross over everything that the devil tries to lay as a trap. Come on, somebody. And do you know why the devil lays a trap at Shidem? Because he knows that if I trap you here, I keep you out of wonder and throw you back into wondering again. Yeah, yeah. Come on but this year, 2024, somebody declare this when they say 2024, 2024. is going to be the year I pass over. Come on, let's say it again. 2024, 2024. is going to be the year 
that I pass over. Now give the Lord a hand clap and shout a praise if you believe it today. Come on. Come on. Oh, come on. Ten seconds right there if you believe it. I'm not going to deal with the same old junk as 2023. I'm not repeating patterns. Every stronghold, every generational curse, every addiction is broken in the mighty name of Jesus. I'm passing over what they said about me. I'm passing over my patterns. I'm passing over the power they held against me. Man, I feel this this morning, y'all. I'm passing over. And so early the next morning, Joshua and all the Israelites left this place. Because although it was a place of life, a redeeming place, they could not stay there. Because God did not call them to live in Shidem. He called them to Canaan. And so they arrived at the banks of the Jordan River. Now here's what I find is interesting. They leave this place of life and they're going to walk into the promises of God and are instantly met with a problem. Because if we think for five seconds that we're going to attain every promise from God without a problem, we're so naive. And the devil has fooled us. Come on. I heard there's an old saying, maybe you've heard before. I've even said it before. New level, new devil. Have you ever heard that? Well, I heard a preacher the other day say, new level, same old devils. (laughs) And it's so true. Because the same river that has kept other generations out of the promised land is keeping them out. And this is how we look at things. I have a promise from God. He promised me Canaan. He promised me a land flowing with milk and honey, y'all. This is my kind of promise, especially the way I've been eating. This is a land flowing with, with good medicinal honey. Come on, somebody. And fair life. Is that what it's called? Fair life. Fair life chocolate milk. Somebody is a witness with me. Come on. Come on. This is a good promise from the Lord. And we're just walking in the promises of God. And then oh, there's a river in the way. And a lot of us, maybe you haven't done this, but I have. We see the problem and we're like, oh, well. And we give up and we go the other way. Well, I didn't hear from God. Well, I missed it. Well, this obviously isn't what God wants to do in this season. God's promises will always have to bring you through a challenge. Come on. Because God wants to get glory out of the situations of your life. And so we go to verse 2. So they come to the river and they're going to have to cross over. So three days later, they're at this river for three days, y'all. Like what what are we going to do? I guess they've never heard of swimming. <laughs> Build a boat. I don't know. Three days later, the Israelite officers went through the camp, verse 3. And they give these instructions to the people. When you see the Levitical priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God, move out from your positions to follow them. Now, I'll stay right there for a second. The Ark of the Covenant in the Old Testament is a representation of the physical presence of God. Yeah. Yeah. 
the physical manifested presence of God in the earth. Heaven on earth. It's a kingdom thing. Okay, and we're going to talk more about the ark here in a couple of weeks. The ark of the covenant. He says, listen, this thing that we're about to cross over, you're not going to go do it. The presence of God is going to go before you. And you're going to follow it. You're going to position yourself behind the presence and follow it through the waters. How many of us in our lives this morning, if we just got this concept in our life, would walk in all the destiny that God has for us? That we will not be led by our feelings. We will not be led by what we see. We're going to be led by the presence of the living God. Oh, come on, somebody. That I'm going to position myself under his presence and I'm going to follow it. I'm not going to do what I feel like doing. I'm not going to follow and get afraid. Come on, on, somebody. I'm going to follow the presence of God. And then we go to verse four. So he says, position yourself and follow them. And he says, because you've never traveled this way before. God wants to use his presence to guide us into new places, new spaces, which requires new grace. I'm going to follow God and he's going to lead me into places I never even imagined before. Since you've never traveled this way, you're going to be guided by the presence of the living God. Come on, somebody. And some of you this morning, maybe you're watching and you can testify to this. It just feels like your GPS has been all whacked out lately. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Pastor Faye and I were talking the other day. You remember the days where we used to print off the directions from MapQuest? (laughs) And you had, if it was a big trip, I mean, it was like a stack of pages. Well, then I remember when I I started traveling and preaching everywhere, one Christmas, my parents got me a Garmin GPS. Man, I was cool. None of my preacher friends had that, but I did. I mean, it wasn't big. It was like this big. But I didn't need MapQuest anymore. And there was a lot of places that I went and preached. I'd never been there before. I needed a guide in order to get there. Now we have St. Siri. Who's probably going to rot in hell for eternity the way she treats us. Come on, somebody. I'm just kidding. Isn't she the worst sometimes? I swear she's a spirit, y'all, that needs cast out. There's sometimes where you're going away that you know you need to go, or you think you do. You think you need to go on to the next exit, but Siri says, I want you to turn off on this one instead. And you're like, Siri, that's dumb. That's 10 extra miles. That's 20 extra minutes. I'm going to have to go through this many traffic lights. Anybody else think like this or is it just me? Come on. All right. Just me. And Tiana, cool. 
and you think you know better. And so you skip all the directions because you are obviously the greatest brain in the world. Come on. And you just know everything. I'm talking about myself today. Come on. I think I know where I'm going. And so I just ignored the directions. And then suddenly you see all kinds of red lights and you have to stop. Why? There's a wreck. And now, because you thought you knew the way to go, you have to sit in a standstill. You have to sit in a place where you have potential to go. Oh, but you can't because you're stuck. And if you would have just listened to the GPS in the first place, you would have went around all that junk. That's the presence of God in our lives. How much pain, suffering could I have missed out on if I would have just listened to God? Come on. How much wasted potential has sat on the expressway for hours and hours because I refused to listen? But I declare to you today that if you're going to go into the promises of God, you cannot cross over by yourself. You must be led by the presence of the living God. It will guide you. It will guide you. And then he says this. Stay about half a mile behind, keeping clear distance between you and the ark. Make sure you don't come any closer. He said that because they had reverence and honor for the presence of God. I'm going to keep my honor and my trust in his presence. Yeah, that's right. That's right. If people really feared the Lord, y'all, that we're not going to like this. We wouldn't be skipping church on Sundays. Come on. If we really feared the Lord, we wouldn't go a day without talking to him. Come on, somebody. If we really feared the Lord, we wouldn't be spending our tithes on vacations and Christmas presents. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. If we really feared him, I don't mean be afraid. I mean like I submit to the authority of God and his word is true and I'm a liar. Preach Pastor Andrew. They kept their distance from the ark because they feared the Lord. And my prayer in 2024, as we pass over every issue, addiction, challenge into the promises of God, that we do it with reverence and the fear of the Lord, realizing that it's not us that can attain the promise by ourselves and it's truly not us that can break our chains come on somebody i can't break my own chains i can't give myself breakthrough i need the fear of the lord and the presence of the lord to cross and pass over everything that he asked for me is this helping you this morning now we go to verse five i'm almost done then joshua So we have all these instructions. Then Joshua tells the people, consecrate yourselves, purify yourselves, prepare yourselves spiritually. For tomorrow, the Lord will do great wonders among you. Isn't it interesting 
how what we do today is tied to what God does tomorrow. Does tomorrow. Come on, yeah. I'm going to say that again because I messed it up the first time. <laughs> Isn't it interesting how what we do today is so tied to what God does tomorrow? The decisions we make right now that I refuse to quit. I refuse to be disobedient. I refuse to be dishonoring. Come on. I refuse to give up on the thing God told me was mine. I know they messed it up. I don't have to mess it up. I know it's taken a long time. Good things take time. Preach, y'all. A good chili takes time, y'all. I saw, I went to Sam's the other day and they were selling Wendy's chili. Big thing of Wendy's chili. I was so offended. No, not really. But that's fine. But good chili takes time. Really good chili takes time. What we do now sets us up for what God will do tomorrow. Now, hear me. It's not that God isn't able. It's not based upon his ability. It's based upon our obedience. Now, here's what's interesting. He said, consecrate yourselves. Do what you can do. Because so many of us sit on the sidelines and think, man, I'm just waiting on God. I'm just waiting. He's going to do it one of these days. And we've been saying it for years and years and years. I do all I can in obedience. And then God moves in the middle of it. Come on. So he says, purify yourselves for tomorrow. The Lord will do the wonders. Not me. My purifying does not create wonder. Right. Come on now. That's right. That's right. So yes, discipline's important. Yes, consecration is important in the kingdom, but it doesn't create the miracle. That's true. But it sets me up to receive it. Now here's what's interesting. The word wonder in the Hebrew is ooh. Yeah, somebody say ooh. Ooh-ah. That's a fun Hebrew word. Ooh-ah. It means ooh-ah. Ooh-ah. <laughs> and I thought, Lord, how am I going to tie this to this message? Because that's kind of a weird Hebrew word. Ooh-ah. It's not like a monkey up here. Ooh-ah. He said, in 2024, I want to do things in my people that will make them go, ooh, and ah. <laughs> I know that's funny, but God wants to do some things in your life this year that make you go, oh my gosh, I never even imagined this was possible. He wants to do some things, some miracles in your life this year and through you that make you go, oh, isn't he good? 
Come on. Or some things in your life that make you go, ah, I never even thought about praying for that. But he's so good that he set me up in this season to come into everything. He has promises for me that I don't even understand yet. There's miracles waiting for me that I don't even, I can't even conceive. But God wants to do some wonders in my life this year. Take me from wandering aimlessly in the desert, in the wilderness, and see the wonders of God. God, the ooh and the ah. Come on, somebody, give him some praise right there. Yes, Lord. May we receive the wonders of God where we see heaven come to earth in Jesus' name. This is when God brings his super to my natural. My natural is to purify myself. His super is I'm going to bring my wonders among you. And I believe this year, this year, this year, somebody shout this year, this year, tomorrow, tomorrow. What if we have faith to believe that? It's easier to say, well, God's going to do it this year. What if I have faith? And intentionality to prepare like he's going to do it tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. Oh. That's really good. Like he's going to do it tomorrow. Yeah. I, I'm going to have to add more staff because God's going to do it tomorrow, right? Yeah. I'm going to have to open a second checking account because God is just blessing me so much that I got to save, save, save. So I can be a blessing to the kingdom tomorrow. Come on. His yeah. super to my natural. And sometimes it won't make sense. That's why it's called wonders. It makes us wonder. And that's why he's called the wonderful counselor. He's full of wonders. This year, this church, and I'm going to share more about it next week. But God wants to take us as a church and as people from wandering around aimlessly to receiving the wonders of God among us. And y'all, when I say that, because I know how we think, especially if you're raised like charismatic Pentecostal, that's how we think. We think in literal signs and wonders. And I, I'm praying and believing for those things. I want the sick to come in here and receive healing. Yes. Yeah. I want the deaf to come in here and hear again. I want all of those things. And I pray for those. But it's so much more than just that. Yeah. I believe we're going to see so much salvation this year. Yeah. So much redemption. Yeah. So much rest. Yeah. So many people coming into union with Christ. Yeah. So many people becoming citizens of his kingdom. Yeah. Come on. That's the wonders of God. Come on. He says, prepare yourselves today if you'll come, Pastor Jordan. Because tomorrow, by this time tomorrow, I'm going to do things among you. I'm going to do things among you. Things that will blow your mind. Y'all, we had our, our miracle offering last week. And as 
as we were in our altar time and I was getting ready to, to give it on my phone because I wanted to give it in the moment, Pastor Faye was worshiping and she looked at me and she said, the Lord said, double it. And I went, all right. <laughs> all right. We'll obey God. Four days later, I got a check for the amount to the penny. Y'all ain't excited about that. That's all right. I was. <laughs> Why? We obeyed. We set ourselves up. We purified ourselves. And then God did the work. What I do today sets me up for what God does tomorrow. And I want to challenge you today. I'm going to pray over you here in a moment. But I want to challenge you today. Number one, get your faith up. Get your faith up. Quit being so gloom and doom. Quit being so, well, it's going to be so hard. It's going to be so much work. Get past that. Because if God has called you to it, he's going to give you the grace to do it. In every season. In every season. Get your faith up. And out of your faith, get radical obedience. Because God is a rewarder, the Bible says in Hebrews. He's a rewarder of those who are following him and obeying him. So get your faith up. Get your radical obedience up. And then, you ready for this? Here's what we're about to do. Get ready to worship. Get ready to worship. Because there's coming a moment when heaven meets earth and supernatural things begin to take place. And you will know it was only because of the Lord. Stand with me all across this place right now. Hey, listener, thanks for tuning in to the Near Church Podcast. You can give online, fill out a virtual connection card, plan your visit, and more by texting the words Near Church to 94000 or by visiting us online at www.nearchurch.co.